Welcome to the LSAT Habits Podcast, where in each episode we present key habits you can master to raise your score consistently. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. That is JDLSAT.com. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss pretty much the purpose for naming this podcast um, LSAT Habits. Uh, So uh, I guess the title is Why Habits? Uh, I think I've kind of touched on it in previous episodes, but any of my students know that I'm a big believer in habits um, for the LSAT especially. So if you look at top scores, I would say across the board, even if they don't realize it, they've got effective habits. Um, and, and they're just that. They're not just effective techniques, but they're hab- habits. They're habitual. They're automatic, if you will. So um, when I was um, studying for the LSAT, you know, like early on, I remember thinking, okay, well, I did this and my TT, PT went well. I did this and my PT didn't go so well. And it wasn't always that obvious. But I would notice trends of what would work really well and what would work not so well. And there could be a bunch of different things. There could be big habits, smaller habits, but they mattered. And the idea was, well, okay, if I want to consistently score well or consistently improve my score, then I need to make these techniques or these choices consistent. Well, how do I do that? Make them habits. Make them automatic. So a couple of elements I want to get in here about what, you know, what we mean by habit. So one, um, automatic. You want to make these things automatic. You want to make, if you find a technique that works for you, and obviously that's the goal, um, or a practice that works for you, it's not just about, oh, great, I know this. You want to be able to execute it automatically. So it's muscle memory. I really cannot overemphasize the importance of this. When you're in the middle of a PT, Standard time or whatever, you got 35 minutes per section. As soon as that time starts, you got to jump in there and go through these problems, whether it's a game or LR or whatnot. And you don't have time to stop and think, okay, wait, what do I do here? I'm working with Jimmy. What did Jimmy tell me to do here? What do I do here for reading comp? No, 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 no. It has to be automatic. Now, that doesn't mean you can't stop and slow down when you're practicing homework but you want to make it automatic by the time you get to a practice test or make that your goal in practice tests so eventually it becomes automatic on practice tests so when you take the actual LSAT exam these things are automatic and you're not stopping to think okay what do I have to do here what do I have to annotate what do I look for no 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 make that automatic and I should also add when I assign, just you know, just to back up a little bit, um, when I assign homework to students, and I would encourage this for any of you who are doing homework out there, whether you're working with me or not, make homework uh, your practice for making things habits. So maybe you learn a technique from me or a, you know, another class or something or something you saw online, and, and it, it's good, right? But like you want to make it so that that's automatic because great, it'll serve you well, but. As simple as it sounds, you want to make sure you actually do it when you're in that um, wind tunnel, if you will, of, of uh, 
uh, shoot, I've got 35 minutes to execute this section. Um, I'm in the middle of the actual PT, or I'm in the middle of the actual LSAT. You don't have time to stop and think about it. You want to make it automatic, so you just naturally just jump in through muscle memory. So part of homework is, when I give homework at least, I say to students, hey, you know, like, I'm not as concerned so much about how much you do, but the goal is, like, whether it's half the number of problems you set out for or twice the number, stop when it's become automatic or make it your goal to be automatic, to make it muscle memory, to make it almost seamless. That's the goal. And it's very much like um, I, uh, the, the movie Karate Kid. Any of you have seen it out there, the old school one with Ralph Macchio, and I think the newer one, um, but now we've got that Netflix special with bringing the Karate Kid uh, people from the original back. Um, the big thing about that original movie, there's a memorable scene, some of you know what I'm talking about, Wax On, Wax Off, where, you know, the, the Ralph Macchio, the, the Karate Kid, is like trying to learn karate from Mr. Miyagi, his mentor, and, um, you know, Mr. Miyagi has him, like, waxing his car and washing his windows, and he's very adamant, he's like, daniel son, you must do it this way, and he just has a very, like, specific way that he wants his student to put the wax on and take it off. And for those of you who remember the scene, um, you know, after a few days, uh, the student, uh, Daniel LaRusso, I think was his name, played by Ralph Macchio, he, he gets angry at his teacher in frustration and he says, hey, you know, you got me washing your car and uh, waxing, you know, wa washing your window, waxing your car. When am I going to learn karate? And then um, Mr. Miyagi pulls him aside and says, basically points out to him, no, I'm teaching you karate. Look at the movements you're doing, right? That hand movement, the reason I want you to do it specifically that way is because it's automatic, right? And he kind of shows him, wax on, wax off. And there's only so much you could see during a podcast, but um, for those of you who are familiar with the scene, and if you're not, I would encourage you to YouTube it. All of a sudden, right, the student is doing the movements he would do to put on wax and take the wax off or uh, shine, wash windows in a certain way. And it turns out to be this beautiful kata, or I'm probably butchering the terms, or basically this beautiful karate move. And it's become muscle memory. So when that student is in the middle of a sparring match or a real fight, muscle memory kicks in because you don't have time to think. And it just, it's automatic. Right, And so any of you who've studied martial arts or any sports or music or anything, you could probably relate to this. You, you can know something kind of in your head. Um, be like, oh, this is a technique I do. Great. But can you execute it when the pressure's on, when you're in the middle of a game, when you're in the middle of a fight or a sparring match or, frankly, a practice test or, more importantly, to what we do, the LSAT, the actual exam. Can you execute it there when your nerves are getting to you? you can, you're more likely to if you've made it muscle memory. That's the whole point of practice. And it's funny because I think a lot of times we kind of forget our purpose and why we do homework, why we practice things. And I get it. We just do so much of it. But the purpose is to make this stuff automatic. That's why, you know, if you played a sport, you spent all those days going to practice. If you played a, an instrument, you spent all that time practicing. It might seem 
well, in some ways it might even seem a little boring and not as exciting. Um, the repetition that's involved, we're not doing that repetition to be automatons. We're doing that repetition because that's how we get muscle memory. And again, anyone who's taken um, martial arts class, just over and over again, you're practicing the same kick over and over again. It's not to uh, glamorize uh, this idea of teaching or, I don't know, <laughs> it's not for anyone's vanity, it's not to make you bored, it's because you want to make this stuff muscle memory. So, let's bring this back to the actual LSAT stuff. When I teach my students a technique, they could totally get it. But can you execute it in the middle of a PT when the pressure's on? Or again, the day of a test. And the more you practice it, the more it becomes muscle memory. So that muscle memory will kick in. That's what we're after. Again, you could have the best techniques in the world, but if it's not muscle memory and you can't execute it like automatically, um, like a machine, as J.Y. Ping from Seven Sage would say, then it's not going to serve you well in the middle of an exam. So that's why habits are key. And, um, you know, again, just bring it back to the purpose of this podcast. We call it LSAT habits, right? And it's about effective techniques to maximize your score. So, right, there's two parts of it. The technique, and you ideally want a superior technique that will get you the answer 100% of the time, at least as far as the technique's concerned. And that's what we're doing, right? But just as if not more important is to make it a habit. Because again, you can kind of know the technique, but if you can't execute it automatically, um, well, you're not going to perform as well. So again, you want to find the techniques that are most effective. But again, you you want to make them habits. You want to make them muscle memory. So just a, a quick anecdote to, to really hammer it home. I remember um, when I first started teaching, I had this really diligent student, and he wanted to meet extra times. Uh, couple times a week more than normal I was like oh okay cool you know good for you we'll, we'll do that so we'd meet extra um I thought great he's putting the work in and you know for, for all that extra time I was kind of surprised because we one day we go to look at a, a practice test of his and this is when we were doing paper um a few years ago and we looked over reading comp but he didn't do as well as we would have liked so he's showing me and he's showing me the actual um the actual passage and stuff. I'm like, well, okay, where, where's the um, where's the annotation? I don't see that you marked it up. And he's like, oh yeah, Jimmy, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that the day of the test. I just didn't do it for this practice test. And I was like, no, no, you want to do it the way, um, you want to do it the way you're gonna do it the day of the test. And and it, what's more important to me was that it was clear to me that. He has not made this muscle memory. And it was clear to me that as a teacher, I need to be more emphatic about it. So we corrected that. We talked about it. Um, but it can't just be one of those things, whether it's on a PT or homework, where it's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for real the day of the test. No, you, you want to, the whole point is you want to, it's not always there initially, obviously, but you, your goal is to make it so that this becomes habitual, so it's automatic. So... Um, just a, two quick points about that anecdote. One, I realize that annotation can be a loaded word. Um, some people like it. Some people would like to like it, but they just, uh, they're not taught it very well. I don't give my students a ton of things to annotate, especially for reading comp. I'll give you the three things that probably give you the biggest bang for your buck. 
So I was giving him a very minimalist way of annotation that would probably be very effective. But even with those three things, he wasn't doing the student. Um, God bless him. But uh, but then we got to the we got to the heart of it, and we realized, okay, well, listen, or I realized, listen, you have to make sure that you're practicing this because if you don't do it on the homework, well, again, that's the whole purpose of the homework, and you don't do it on PTs or at least try to, how are you going to do it the day of the test? And I made that point to him. Think about it. Okay, the clock's ticking. This is the real thing. This is the real exam. This is going to affect you going to law school. You really think you're going to remember? These techniques, these many, many techniques, by the way, there are so many working parts of this that you haven't been practicing? Probably not if you're not practicing it. So the whole goal of your work should be to take this stuff and make it muscle memory. That's why we're practicing it over and over again. Okay, so I want to make another point about why this is important. And that is it can also save you. So what do I mean by that? Um... It can your habits can kind of cue you in if you ever feel like you're drifting off or you're getting nervous or you're just not being grounded. So I'll give you an example with me. The the very first LSAT exam I took, like the first official one, I had taken a bunch of PTs, but there was something about taking the real thing. And I have to confess that I remember, okay, I go in and I remember it exactly. Now, this was when it was the paper test. And um, I said, okay, you, know, you may begin, right? And so I've got the paper in front of me, and sure enough, it's reading comp. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is the real thing. And I froze. I froze. Happened to the best of us, I'd like to think. Um, and, you know, it probably wasn't that long. Maybe it was a minute. Maybe it was two minutes. It felt like an eternity. But what got me out of it? Habits. So... Just the feel of the pencil in my hand. This, again, this is the paper exam. The look of the bubble sheets. Again, paper exam. This is a few years ago. Um, but again, if you're if you're in the middle, you when 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 you're studying on the flex, just the feel of your desk, the appearance of your monitor, the mouse in your hand, very similar. But either way, whether it was the paper exam in my case or the flex that you're studying for now in 2021. Uh, the, the cues that tip you off will set off those habits and ground you. And that's what happened to me. Again, I was just, I froze and I'm sitting there and again, felt like an eternity. But what saved me was all of a sudden I had those cues that brought back habits. The feel of the pencil in my hand, the look of the bubble sheet. I see the passage. Well, what did I practice over and over again? Annotating. So I start reading the paragraph. If, again, it starts being kind of slow because I was freezing, but all of a sudden, I just, habits kicked in. The feel of the pencil in my hand, guiding my eyes as I was reading. Okay, what do I look for here? What do I annotate here? And the, the, again, all those external cues cued me to, um, cued my muscle memory for the habits to kick in. And then it became automatic. And I got out of my head. So uh, it saved me from freezing up. And that I cannot um, emphasize enough is just a really great advantage of these habits, uh, of having habits. So again, one, it's automatic. So that way 
Um, you just kind of just, you just go into it. You're not relying on yourself being like, okay, what do I do here? And two, it can save you if you're ever distracted or frozen. It can um, just kind of ground you and bring you back in and get you out of your head if something happens to you like happened to me that day. So just a few um, sort of best practice suggestions in terms of, of this. Obviously, the whole podcast is about making this stuff habits, so we'll get into them in more depth. Um, but um, number one, uh, so a good guideline, I think, is it's going to feel uncomfortable at first when you're doing something new. It could be something super simple. Um, but if you're used to doing it one way, all of a sudden you're doing it another way because you've realized it might be more effective, It there's a decent chance it's going to feel uncomfortable and there's that transition period. So just a guideline that I think is helpful. Obviously, you kind of wanted the whole point is like, okay, fine. Be okay with it feeling uncomfortable and don't feel so bad about reminding yourself and referring back to notes. Please, I always say to my students, refer back to notes during homework. It's not cheating. At least I'm giving you permission to do it. Um, it's not like a PT or something. Refer back to notes, self-correct. If you catch yourself going back to the old habit, catch yourself. It happens. It's normal. Self-correct. And you're, that's normal to like find yourself going back to old habits. The, the key is you catch it and you self-correct. So it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. But you know that a habit has been built in when after a while it feels uncomfortable not to do it. Sorry for the double negative there. But the habit itself, the new habit becomes comfortable. Therefore, it's no longer uncomfortable to do it. In fact, it's uncomfortable not to do it. So... I mean, I'll give you an example with me. Um, again, paper tests. We're on the paper test when I was first learning. The, the, the few things, the key things that I would annotate, it felt uncomfortable for me to look at a passage and not do that. Now, it didn't always feel that way at first. It took a lot of practice, but it got to the point where it's like uncomfortable not to do it. So let that be your guideline. It's going to be uncomfortable first, but stay on it. Be patient with yourself. Self-correct. Give yourself time. And you're going to get to a place where it becomes uncomfortable not to do the technique. And that's when you're getting at the place where it's muscle memory. Um, a few other points just to expand on this. Um, I think one of the best pieces of advice I had heard uh, probably somewhere on the internet, uh, some information is great, some not so great, but one of the best pieces of information I had had was just a broader idea of cultivating habits as you prep for the LSAT. And so broader things like I'm going to take the, certainly take the test the same time every day. You want to take it around the time that you're scheduled to take it. Um, but there are other benefits to that. You know, like you're used to doing this. It becomes a routine. Having the same meal right beforehand, right? So like one, you should probably have something that's going to sustain your energy. But if you make it the same thing, it's not like we're trying to be boring. You could obviously eat other things the, the rest of the day or other days. But if you have the same meal, um, one more thing that kind of cues you in, okay, I'm getting ready for the test. And all that stuff that kind of reminds you and primes your brain um, about these good habits, it's a little thing that can cue you in. I mean, other things, there are studies that show when someone takes uh, exams in the same room that they've studied in, they're more likely to do better. Why? Because just elements of that room kind of cue them in and kind of reinforce the better habits and ideas that they were studying. So, you know, pre-COVID, when 
we were uh, taking this at test centers. I'd often say to my students, go visit the test center if you can. Uh, maybe take a practice test there. And believe it or not, I did. You'd be surprised at how you could sneak into some of these places. Um, uh, but you know, now, uh, uh, now you know, during the COVID era when we're taking the flex, in some ways it kind of works well because you can now take this exam on your personal computer or laptop. And so what I'll say is, you know, hey, if you've been studying at this desk and you've got a nice comfortable desk and chair and that's where you've been studying and you've been taking your PTs, it's probably where you want to take your actual exam because that's how we do it through the LSAT flex. So that kind of works well. But um, just having the same routine beforehand, if you want to get a little bit of light cardio in it, it's beneficial for a number of reasons, but also, hey, I do my cardio, I have a nice breakfast or a nice lunch, something that's not going to overfill me, but it's, um, you know, it's going to sustain my energy. But here's the point, I'm doing the same thing. This is what I do before an exam. So that way... When you go to take the actual exam, if you're doing this before a PT, you go to take the actual exam, then, oh, this is just like another PT. And you, you know, any part, obviously it's not, you could have an episode like me, but like your habits, and this is the key point, even if you have an episode like I did where I froze, one, you're less likely to do it if, you're, if you ground yourself in habits. And you can bet I cultivated that more when I, I did take the LSAT more than once. But two... Um, broadly speaking, those habits, those reminders, eating the same thing, having the same routine beforehand, just kind of gets you into that mode and cues your habits and primes you so that muscle memory is far more likely to kick in. So overall, that's what you want to do. You want to kind of cultivate the same things. And that doesn't mean you can't change them up if you find some things are better than another than others. But try to you know experiment with your PTs. Think about the things you want to eat. Think about the kind of cardio routine you want to do. Um, and then consistently do them. Maybe wear similar clothes, like if they were the same clothes, obviously, but you're taking a PT once a week. Um, you could wear your favorite pair of sweatpants or something. We're taking these at home. You could wear your favorite socks, something that's comfortable. But as silly as it sounds, athletes do this because it cues you in um, and primes you to be more likely to get into that mode and be able to execute those habits. So... Just a couple of, uh, I want you to keep those points in mind. Um, I hope this podcast has been helpful to you, uh, this episode, because it, it really gets to the heart of why we're doing this. It's not just having things that are effective, but making it so that, um, they're, that they're consistent. And the best way to do that is to make them habits. Uh, one last point before I conclude. There's a really great book called Atomic Habits. Um, I recommend it to a lot of my students. I even did a blog post on my website about it. Please check it out if you haven't already. Great audio version, um, great, uh, great paperback or uh, hardcover as well, traditional book. Um, but the reason I love this book is it really gives you nice practical tactics to make certain things habits. Um, so check it out if you get a chance. I'll probably do an episode where I explain it get into more depth, give a review about it. But if you want to expand on this, please check out this book. Again, it's called Atomic Habits. Um, you can find it on Amazon or Audible. There's also a blog post that I did on it. So thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, you're always welcome to go to my website, jdlsat.com, and there's a way to contact me there. 
J-D-L-S-A-T, J-D-L-S-A-T.com. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and keep on listening for future episodes.